Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Dental Amigos, live from New York at the 2019 Greater New York Dental Meeting. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. I like this podcasting in the wild, Rob. I know. It's great. <laughs> this has been an interesting day. We're here at the uh, the Benco booth. This is our, uh, I think, our seventh uh, yeah. episode of the day. We're just producing podcasts. Yeah, like, you knocking know. them out. Well, I think we're good. We're like, we don't have to worry about recording anything yeah, until like full the day summer now, content. right? Dennis are going to be in for a treat <laughs> when they hear this. We're set. But it's been fun. And, you know, and it's a lot of the things that uh, we've talked about, as you say, you know, you uh, when we have guests come on, they're going to talk about commercial leases. You sometimes are a little wary, but I can honestly say that even the, the most clinical of our guests today have been interesting for me and, you know, that I see that there are ways to integrate uh, these things and ideas into people's practices that, you know, can really be beneficial to the overall patient experience and also to the, to the practice's profitability. Yeah, you, you see the multifaceted nature of what it takes to be a dentist. Many toppings, if you will. Yeah, wow. <laughs> There's a theme here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Paul, you, Paul manages to get, you know, nachos, you know, worked into just about every Nachos are life. Life setting. is nachos. It is, yeah. it is. It's a great metaphor. Uh, so uh, we are lucky now to have uh, two guests, uh, uh, Michelle Lee and Denise Sable, uh, and they both work with the Organizational Safety the Sepsis and Prevention Association, OSAP. I think I got that right. Uh, Denise is currently the managing editor of OSAP's signature publication, Infection Control and Practice, Team Huddle. It's a highly interactive and educational newsletter published six times a year, designed so that the dental team can use it in practice and daily routines to help keep the dental team and their patients safe, prevent infection, and stay compliant with government regulations. And we're also lucky to have Michelle Lee, who is the executive director of OSAP. And we just learned a fellow podcaster, Paul. Uh, Michelle has a podcast uh, with OSAP that's on the, uh, the Dental Podcast uh, Network. So uh, now, uh, without further ado, here are Michelle Lee and Denise Sable. Welcome, amigas, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. It's yeah. a pleasure being here. Yeah, it's cool. Exciting. So uh, before Dr. we get Dr. into uh, infection control, we li- I like to know uh, the real story, people. So what is your favorite nacho topping, and where's your favorite place to get nachos? Uh, uh, Michelle first. So I'm going to say this is kind of crazy, but it's, it's really a plain. It's just the nachos, the cheese, some some peppers in there. Classic, I like classic. it. Classic, yes, that's I the like word. a classic, classic. nacho. Yeah, I would call that plain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. selling that classic. classic, classic. And my favorite place, and and for any of my college friends from way back, will laugh when they hear me say my favorite place is still Schroeder's Deli in Rome, Georgia. Well, right. I went to a small liberal arts college in Rome called Berry College, sure. and. 
those nachos are still the best. Schroeder College. My niece There's, goes to Schroeder's school Deli. there, actually. It's Schroeder's funny. Deli. Not, Schroeder's Deli. Not Schroeder's College. Schroeder's Deli. Barry College. Yeah, yes. no, my, my, my niece goes to, oh, really? goes to school there. Yeah, it's funny. It's a small, small world. world. Look small at that. World. It's a small college, but I find people from all over the uh-huh. country that yeah, over have the world, connection actually. to Barry. Yeah. Yep. That's good stuff. And Denise, uh, how about you? Where uh, What nacho topping is your favorite? And uh, where do you like to get nachos? I'm also in the same uh, same bucket as, as Michelle. I like mine plain. I love sour cream and the avocado and the salsa. And my favorite place is in Fairfield, Connecticut. It's a little place called La Salsa. Oh, La Salsa, yeah. You always can tell a Mexican place. They name it. Yeah, they, I, I like that too. It's a simple system. La Salsa, yeah. La Hacienda. You, you, you know, <laughs> they really orient your brain right. I, I like that. Yeah, so um, tell uh, our listeners uh, a little bit about what uh, OSAP is and, and what the organization does. Well, OSAP is a membership association, a dental membership association. We're celebrating our 35th year this year um, as an association. And it is one of the most unique dental associations because it it is a, a mixture of clinicians, educators, corporate members, Benco, um, we're sitting in their booth today as one of our super sponsors, but we have manufacturers and distributors who are members of this association. And our mission as an association, well, our vision, our vision is that every dental visit is a safe dental visit. So we want to be the leading educator of infection control education in dentistry. And so that's what we're all about and um, hoping to, to make a difference for both patients and employee safety in the dental office. And I find that infection control, and I'm a huge, my, anyone listening on my team knows I'm like a very into it. I've always been into it, but it's, it's just challenging because, you know, if you buy a practice, sometimes you're just learning from the people who are there and it's tough right. to change systems. And people say this is fine, then it's not fine. Also, uh, your, 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 your people are a little bit like the accountants or the IRS. There's changing of rules all the time. Something was okay and it's not okay. So if you were a dental practice owner, you know, today and, you know, you've been owning a practice for five years, what should you be doing yearly to make sure you're keeping visits safe for your, your patients? Well, you know, a lot of people, some of the feedback that I get, people will come up to me and say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm good on, on that. I, I do my annual OSHA training which is a federal regulation and is very important, but that's only a piece of the information that you need because OSHA is about employee safety. So we also need to make sure that we're getting that education for on patient safety in regards to infection control, water lines. And one of the things that um, OSAP offers every year is our boot camp. It's every January. It's a three-day, very intensive, intensive foundational training. So we go through all the OSHA regulations as well as the CDC guidelines. And we talk about how to put that to work in your practice, because you're right. It's a lot. And I'm, and I'm so into this. And we've had, you know, someone we mentioned, Linda Harvey's work yes. with me and sponsoring. She's, She's great. And, and you have to really be dedicated to it. But what I found is, how, and it's really like any team, how do you get, how do you find the people who go to those trainings and then they come back to their office, they have to kind of annoy everybody to do the right thing. How do they get buy-in from their team members? Or do you have any good tips for a team? Because people say, oh, we've been using 
alcohol wipes our whole lives and nothing bad ever happened. But, you know, it's, it's just like we've had a lot of this theme today. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter until something happens. I mean, patients yeah. will say, this tooth hasn't hurt me yet. I said, yeah, but if you wake up with a, a swelling and you can't go on vacation, that's how I get them. I always say, you know, if you wake up with a swelling and you can't go on vacation, it just takes one day. Same with these um, infection control issues. How do you find team members? I mean, these, with training, get, you get buy-in of your team members. You are echoing a frustration that is, is so common with, with others, uh, other dental professionals, assistants, hygienists, who we did a survey in 2017 and asking the... Um, our membership, what is your biggest frustration or challenge when it comes to compliance? And the it was an open-ended question. And wow, did they let us know the frustration of, of just what you explained. How do I get, you know, we have Sally over here and she's been with the office, but we have a new person who's just graduated and they're doing things one way. And it's, it's getting that consensus and that standard operating procedure going in the yeah. office. It really has to come trickle down from the doctor you know, to make sure that uh, they're buying into the infection control and safety message and having a culture of safety in the office and in the practice and dedicating the time to allow people to absorb information. Like if you go away to a course, allowing time to implement the change in the practice. Um, I, when I was practicing dental hygiene, this was one of my biggest frustrations was we'd go away to a course, come back and you stare at your schedule. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. front of you, there's your eight hours. And for how do you implement the change? Yeah, very so true. you no have to dedicate it. time to it. You have to just make time for it. And it's not easy because it's a process. And you have to implement this whole process of, of, of change. Um, it's interesting because that's going to be the editorial direction for our um, 2020 issue, the 2020 issues of infection control and practice. Team Huddle is the name of our signature publication. Mm -hmm. And each issue has a, it's scenario based. It is a peer reviewed publication. Our editor in chief is Dr. Chris Miller. He's a professor emeritus from Indiana University. He's written books and textbooks and articles on infection control. And we have 16 members in our editorial review board for each issue. So this publication is based on um, trusted sources of information, you know, relying on CDC recommendations. They're referenced. We have a glossary of terms. We have references. There's CE in every single issue, so you can continue your education. But um, several years ago, we started a, a, a scenario-based um, editorial theme. So we start out with um, a scenario. This is what happens in the office. Dr. So-and-so is transitioning his practice, and now we have He's, he's kept two of the assistants that used to have, but he's hiring two new ones. And what happens? And this whole dynamic mm. takes place because they're doing things one way, somebody's doing and another. It, and I think it's such a great topic, and I want to talk about Rob, and I do a lot yeah. with transitions. And I, when I transitioned to practice of my own, uh, you know, one of the hygienists was so resistant to any changes. One was just wearing the sunglasses, which wasn't something that she had to do different, protective eyewear. But I think it's just such an emotional time when people have been working somewhere the dentist isn't there, and any oh, yeah. change, red pen, blue pen, and it's, you know, yeah. looking back, I probably could have done a better job explaining the why. I mean, it was like over seven years ago, but it was normal to me to have patients wear protective, protective right. eyewear. Mm -hmm. 
but it wasn't normal to that practice, and I hadn't been there during that time. So it's like, it's such a great, this scenario-based stuff is so difficult because you have people with different cultures right. inside of yes. it. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of, you know, get a little off topic. You know, when you talk about practice transitions, you know, and this is one of Jamie Amos's, you know, yeah. you know, kind of hot topics that, you know, like, you really are inheriting a lot of bad stuff, too. Yeah. You know, yes. like, the true, you know, if you truly want to, to put your culture and put your vision out in the practice, it's a startup, yeah. you know, because there's just going to be different variations of people not wanting to comply or people not being on board, you know, and it's, sure. it's, it's human nature. I mean, yeah. to go tell somebody that's been doing something some way for 20 years, and this is the first week of the practice being open, how do you do that? Yeah. You know, but by the same token, if you don't do it in the first week, then yes. when do you do it? Very true. You know, and then you've got, you know, eight people that are doing things eight different ways, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about leadership issues, Everybody's looking at you like, hey, Dr. Nacho, why is he not doing it? Why is she doing yeah. this? And you're like, wow. Oh, you live in our office? Wow, you've all, you've lost control <laughs> in week yeah, one, right? That. Ever in my whole life. Yeah. But yeah, also, well, uh, me, I, I'll make it all And work. I say, I do a lot of you know, transition coaching, and I say, here's your questions. When you buy a practice, don't change any of this stuff unless you can get yes to one of these answers. Is it illegal? Then change it. Is it immoral? Change it. Or is it unsafe? And this is where stuff falls into unsafe. Mm-hmm. So a yes. lot of dentists go in and say, I yes. want to change the paintings. And I say, don't change the paintings. Or I want to change the stained carpet. I say, don't even change that because it's just the patients mm-hmm. are used to it. But if, you know, I, I actually use the example. If things aren't being sterilized properly, you have to, you have to change that. You know, yeah. that's, that's yeah, well, a, it's, it's an know, ethical issue. Yeah, it's safety. Yeah. Ethic, and, um, State board, you know. That's, once right. again, we bring up a topic I'd like you guys to talk about. Uh, this is just another thing that they don't really do a good job teaching in dental school. So where are dentists supposed to learn this? They usually learn it from the assistants and hygienists at the office who might not be up to date, as you see. So, you know, this scenario, I didn't want to uh, stop your train of thought. Um, this was a great one on that scenario-based training and learning. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you, though, before we get sure. into that, too. You know, when you talk about the challenges of getting the team to be on board with this stuff, is the education being directed to the team, too? I mean, this seems to me like something that, you know, and it's easy for me to say, but, you know, the dentist shouldn't be the only one doing this training. I mean, it's so much easier to get your, your group to buy in if everybody goes and does the training because then you're not Absolutely, trying to explain right. secondhand. Like, let them hear it from the person that's delivering the message, yeah, right? Third well, party, I, yeah. yeah. Well, I will it's say... It's easier, right? The third party. Like, third, let, easier. Yeah, easier yeah. than, than the, the employer, the boss, telling yeah. them to do something. Like, hey, you know what? He or she's not making this up. You know, here's an expert telling me that this is what I need to do yep. to uh, to be compliant. Well, um, the, yeah, Michelle. the ICIP educational newsletter, it is written for the team to do together, for them to read that scenario together and then answer questions at the, the end. So it, it opens up that discussion. Right. Like, we're not doing that in our office. Oh, that sounds like our office last week we had that same discussion. You know, so it, it's a, that is one way to get everybody involved. But, yeah, I do think teams need to go through that training together. It's, it's up to everybody. And most, one of the CDC guidelines is that every dental practice have a designated infection control coordinator in their office. Stats already tell us only 49% of practices across the country currently have a designated infection control coordinator, so we've got a long ways to go. But that normally, most of the time, it is the dental assistant mm-hmm. that is in that role. That's a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times the dentist says, oh, really? Are you sure that that's the, right. the role? And so she's having to make sure she gets 
or he get all I also, their facts uh, together. I also, you may have found this, and probably when the, your teams get together, biggest offender of the effects control is usually the dentist. So, you know what I'm saying is, yes. you know, yeah. they are usually the ones who are in the heat of dentisting, you know, not following pro- protocols, and they're the leader, so it's, it's hard. I actually, and this is one thing where I'm just to do great with leadership, because I've always been into it. doesn't mean I do this with everything, you know, whether it's just checking your cell phone in a day, but with infection control, it has to, you know, with extreme, we had Mark Costas on our podcast, and Extreme Ownership, that book that he likes by Jocko Will, it's like, and he was on the Ferris podcast, it's like, you have to really own it as the, as the leader, yeah. mm-hmm. or else if you're Absolutely. not following these rules, no one can eat candy, but if you're eating candy, people lose... It loses impact. Lose the trust. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'll take another step further. You have to own it, but then you also have to raise up the other people and give them, you know, ownership. And if you're going to, yeah. if somebody else in the in the office is going to be in charge of this, then you truly have to empower them and stand behind them, you know, mm-hmm. and lift them up so yeah. that everybody looks at that. And it's not just like, hey, you know what, this. The, the hygienist here or the assistant has this role, but they really don't, you yeah. know? Like, everybody knows that, you know, you'll override them. You right, know, when yeah. you do that, then all of a sudden, the whole chain of command kind of falls apart and there's no respect or, or deference for that person. But it's interesting. I mean, it's very much, you know, a leadership issue. Which, and this is why, again, where it's like, you know, this should be taught in dental schools in a serious way so that dentists, dental students think it's serious when they own a practice or they're in a practice. And this topic is, you know, just like, you know, I don't know if thought it'd be interesting or not, but it is because it has to do with uh, teamwork too. Because what about when an associate joins a practice and they see these cha- these things going on that aren't up to date? How do they say to their owner dentist? And then yeah. they're, they're treating the patients. It, it becomes very complex. I'm sure you guys deal with this as, uh, you know, these... Um, infection control officers of, of your kind of infection control officers of all of dentistry. So <laughs> yeah, right. it's a big job. <laughs> yes. Well, and, you know, in, in dental school, and to defend some of the dental, dental schools out there, you know, they're trying to teach infection control. And, and we work really closely with a lot of the, the dental schools um, through our association with ADEA. And they are teaching infection control. But think about it when you were in dental school. You are learning so yeah. much. I mean, you're learning science, you're learning instruments, you're learning procedures, and you also learn infection control. But most of the time, that tray appears at your yeah. chair, right? It's come through Central Sterile. <laughs> there it oh, is. Oh, yeah. General schools, having... general schools do their credit. They do a great job with sterilization because they have a lot of systems in place. you're not having to do it. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. So, and then you come out and you hang your shingle up and it's like, oh, what what do we have to buy? Yeah, and right. why do we need this? And yeah, and then you just rely on whatever assistant or hygienist that you've hired who's worked in another practice to come in there and set the systems up. Totally. Yeah. It is a challenge. It is. When I was teaching dental hygiene, I often referred to the, the um, dental schools or hygiene schools as a test tube environment because it's it, when you get out into practice and you have your production schedule and, and time and it's easy to make compromises or how to cut corners or, you know, your next patient's there and you have all these other people you're working with. So you're thrown into a whole new situation. And No, it's very, it's very true. I mean, I mean, it's, this is where we can get into this, this serious, the, the inside of infection control that Rob will never have to actually be part of. But like even the simple things where there's, there's like things like you have to wipe down your chair and let it sit for a certain amount of time. Yeah. It's like that would just destroy your private practice schedule. So how does that fit into what you do all the time? Yeah. You know, where it's like no one could ever drive over 55 miles per hour. How do you do things that you are safe, the patient visits are safe, 
but your office also doesn't go out of business during time, and it's hard, you know, and associates themselves are crunched for time to begin with. And, and um, you know, probably you see, and I know we've had Linda Harvey come to our office, you know, when you're done a, when you're done a procedure as the dentist, you're going into another thing, you're not even sure what's happening all the time, so you make sure your team's trained right. That's right. And, you know, I, that's right. And that, that, that makes me think of exactly what we have featured in our December issue um, of this year on SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures, yeah. and having them and updating them periodically so that everybody can always refer to that written document. You know, it's like, oh, here, this is what, how we do things here. So it's almost like a neutral place. It's, you have it written down. Also, you could hire a consultant to come in. Again, that third party. Right, to, right. To come in. I used to do a thing and it was, uh, with when I started was, you know, I, I was really in infection control. Most of the assistants weren't trained this way. They thought I was annoying them. They thought, but I was trying to say it's about the patient safety. And I would just be like, hey, could you set up this? Could you clean up this chair and set it up? And now I say, okay, you sit in the chair as the patient. And then they go and do other stuff. And I say, that's not fair. So I always say, if you do it, like you're going to be the patient. Yeah. That's a good standard. Or your family member. Or your family member. Your because, child is And they're, they're be not the bad people. Patient, and they're not, right. it's, just, it's very stressful. I mean, imagine, would you want to turn over 16 rooms a day? It's, you know, that's a lot, of, a lot of work as a hygienist. If you're doing it yourself, that's hard. So you, we have to find these systems. And SOPs is a great way that work well in reality yeah. for, yeah. Dentists to, for dentists and their teams to help patients be safe, but also in a practical way that fits into the office flow. I love your idea of the role play. You know, right. you be the patient because yeah. it's easy to get into a routine. And when you get in a routine, it's almost like when you're driving the same way to work back and forth. You don't even see what's on the road anymore. Yeah. And when you get into that routine, it, complacency can set in in the, in, in the practice in, for infection for sure. control procedures. So I love the role play. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's just like any other system, except that this is a system that's very important from yes. a, an ethical, legal safety standpoint. For sure. Yeah. You have to raise the priority. I mean, that's why I've done that. Like, you just have to raise the priority. I mean, everything in life is about where's the priority fall. And if you ask most dentists, they think their priority might fall on their perfect emergence profiles. But this priority always has to be higher because it's patient safety. And you have to just create a a very intense, our culture in our office is very intense about it. And people know that when they come in. And then when they get trained, they don't get, no one in our office just gets to come in and work, right? They have to follow someone around. They have to see all the buttons being pushed. Because that's unfair, too. Sometimes we just be like, you know, it'd be like, uh, you've seen me. It's like, okay, set up the podcast. You know, I'm yeah. going to go get uh, nachos and come back. Yeah. You yeah. come back, like, what, what, what did you do? I'm like, well, no one told me how to do any of this, right? <laughs> right? I did what I felt right. was right, and it was wrong. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And, but that's just instilling. It's a, it's a cultural thing, yeah, you know? Sure. And if everybody, if everybody knows, and, and I think if a lot of systems, and this one being an important system, if everybody follows it and the whole staff buys in, then... It becomes, it elevates beyond you as the dentist, as the leader, because then you don't have to be the one to say it, you know? Yeah. In a slightly different setting, I get really excited when I see somebody in my office, a young attorney, you know, guiding somebody else yeah. in the system. And I'm like, I didn't have to say anything? Like, this is yeah. awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Because then, you know, other people have truly have embraced it. And it can, once you take it to that level, it takes pressure off of you. For sure. Right, as oh, as for a sure. dentist. You know, nobody wants to continue to hear you be the one saying, hey, uh, yeah, don't do that, you do that, you do that. I, I, I teach through it's my, like tra- I teach teacher, through right? ki- kind annoyance, and I bestow that, I, I will bestow my kind annoyance for you to kindly annoy somebody else. And I say, but that's kind of it, when you see the, <laughs> yeah. someone guiding them right. into what you want done, and it's, I think that's the whole aspect. And I, I give you guys uh, credit for being involved in such a, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, it's in such an important field, yes. but it's not fun. But it's important, and you can't do the fun without the important, and you really have to be very caring 
to dive into the infection control training of people because, you know, I have a feeling that many of the people that you're sitting in front of, you know, when I do an implant course or I do a new dentist boost camp, you know, they want to be there. And it's like, they're ready. But, you know, the infection control course, the, you know, the HIPAA course, the courses, when they sit down, I don't think people sit down with a lot of excitement. Yeah, yeah. One thing OSAP has been involved in over the last few years, and it's become apparent, the lack of, in, the, the inconsistency in people's um, dental auxiliaries levels of education, whether you're trained on the job as an assistant or what school you went to as a hygienist or an assistant. And then when you get in private practice, depending on the part-time workers or the full-time workers, the age differences when you were educated, it creates a lot of inconsistency. So OSAP uh, has partnered with um, Dale and Danby, and Dale is the uh, Dental Auxiliary Learning and Education Foundation, and Danby is the Dental Assisting National Board. Uh, And then, of course, OSAP, Organization for Safety, Asepsis, and Prevention, have come together as a collaborative and created um, programs that will help to get some consistency in education, offering one a certificate in infection control by passing um, a certain level of, of education based on the uh, updates to the CDC um, guidelines that were issued in, I think it was 2016. And then also offering a certification program, not only for um, professionals, but also for those in the dental trade and the industry. Yeah, that's rolling out control. in 2020. Oh, cool. Oh, neat. Yeah, that's so awesome. people will be able to earn letters put after their name. More letters. And we know the dental profession loves their letters. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Some letters yeah. I see at the end of names. I don't even know what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, so Makes it more prestigious. Yeah, yeah. throwing some more off Yeah, yeah, yeah. N-E-C-H-O. Give yourself a few letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a prime candidate to sit for the certification. I like that. I believe in it. I like to learn more about it. Yeah, but no, we, um, we're very excited about the certification coming out because and, and industry has been behind this. In, in the past five years, um, we have spent um, half a million dollars developing the certification, the certificate and certification, and most of that money has been donated by our corporate um, sponsors, our manufacturers, and our distributors out there because they, they know that... Um, Dental practices, when they a lot of times when when you have a question about infection control, who do you ask? Yeah. Your dental supply rep, right? right? When they come in the door, and so they want to make sure all of those folks have that level of knowledge as well. So a lot of exciting things coming. Looking forward to it. Trying I mean, to make this infection control a little more sexy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. uh, with those yeah. letters and certifications, <laughs> that's it. That's it. A little that's, more that's, third that's a party endorsement. That, right? We've had our, our <laughs> make sure they're cool, sexy yeah, letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Some ones that really jump out at people. All right. We've had our theme here uh, on the Dental Amigos Live Saturday Night Live. So we, uh, I liked deep thoughts with Jack Handy. So deep thoughts with the Dental Amigos. What what parting. Uh, words you have for our audience, whether it could be about coming to trade shows, your time in the dentisting world, uh, infection control, and then how would our listeners and audience learn more about what you do? How can they reach out to you to learn more? Let's. I want to hear from both, actually. Denise, why don't you go first? Well, I, I can't help but pitch the uh, publication Infection Control in Practice because there is, right it's yeah. really an interactive uh, educational newsletter. We have, we have a section called What's Wrong with This Picture? 
And it's a great way for the team to take a look. It's a look at a photo of something being done wrong in a dental practice, and then you're, you can have it as a quiz in your office. Like Just a quick little team huddle thing. Mm -hmm. um, we also introduced a year ago, two years ago, a silent video challenge, and it's a little silent video clip of something happening in a dental office. And believe me, these are stock photos you can get off the internet. Um, <laughs> and you identify again what is, what's happening that's not happening correctly when it comes to infection control and safety. So it, it's just a fun newsletter. It, 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 it's a ton of information, but it also makes it interactive and fun for the team to share. Sounds good. good. A good starting get, point for the discussion. Free CE. When you subscribe and become a member, you get the newsletter. How uh, often does the newsletter come out? Six times a year, every okay. other month. Yes. Good. So it's enough, that, but not too much, but enough that you can still get it yeah. and it's not, not being saturated yeah. with it. And right. It can right. still be meaningful when you get it. Sounds good. Michelle, how about you? What, uh, what are your takeaways well, of here? of course, as executive director of OSEP, I've got to pitch membership, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. have this national audience right now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so OSAP, O-S-A-P.org is I'm our website. The, the, the live. Yeah, OSAP.org, and um, you can go on there, join. It is in a very affordable membership for a practice of up to 10 um, employees. It is only $150 a year. That's for the whole team, okay. not 150 a, great deal. a, great deal. a piece, 150 for the whole team. And everybody has their own login and sign in, a password to the website. And one of our greatest features is Ask OSAP. Mm -hmm. And if you do have come up with a question in a day, your day-to-day -day practice, what do we do? You know, if it's sterilization, something with... Um, any anything that has to do with infection control, you can submit that question and ask OSAP, and we will get a written response back to you. And we've had people, you know, come to us about potential breaches. How do they report it? What do they do? Is it a breach? Everything. It is one. I, I still think OSAP's one of dentistry's best kept secrets, and I don't want well, it to be a secret We're getting out there. The Migos and Nachos. Anymore. It's out there, right? 19,000 yes. people there. They'll they're, they're listen by the end of the night. So we'll like to. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for being on, on the yeah, show. Thank this you so much. Yeah, yeah, it, was it was fun. fun. Thanks for doing it. Have a great fun. conference. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.